All right, so we are talking about the spiritual, talking about the supernatural. Last time we talked about strongholds. Uh, just the again, just to, just to recap, talking about the spiritual realm, right? Talk. We talked last time about the the heavenlies, the three kind of delineations of the heavenlies, and really the only recap we'll do for that is that uh, the heavenlies are real. Uh, they are biblical. They matter to God. We see them in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. We see it in Daniel chapter 10, and we see it in Ephesians 6. Uh, the, the, the heavenlies, they're real. They matter. Hey, I want to encourage you, something that we'll use even preparing for the podcast is a website called gotquestions.org. Um, and uh, that's just even if you put in there what are like heavenly places or realms, you're going to get uh, a lot of great stuff in there. But um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's big. But j- just to get us going, I want to make sure, number one, biblically, that the we, we understand and know that heavenly, supernatural, spiritual warfare is very real. But also, if you are a believer and you want to win your world, I think it's important for us to know that this matters to the world. And so like there's a Barna study that happened recently and it says among US adults 77% of of you know US adults believe in God or a higher power and 74% say I would like to grow spiritually. And so actually before we started we were talking about the normalization in pop culture anyway. Uh, and so if, if you're, maybe you're somebody who's not familiar with pop culture, maybe you're all in, but uh, what are some of the ways you see pop culture normalizing uh, the spiritual, really, a lot of times, the the satanic? So we see, I, I mean, a lot of music right now, um, where, you know, Sam Smith, um, Lil Nas, there's, there's several different um, artists that have started to capitalize on and utilize this, the demonic really in their music. And I think we've seen, it's always been horror movies and that kind of thing um, have been, have utilized it for entertainment, but now it's just kind of going to this whole other level because people are curious about, I mean, they're curious about the spiritual. And so if believers aren't giving them something, um, I mean, there are, the enemy is after people's soul as well. It's not just, not just God who wants people to be, um, to experience freedom, but the enemy wants people to experience bondage. Yeah. And I think, um, well, I know in scripture, I believe it's Ecclesiastes 3, 10 or three eleven. it says that God has put eternity in the hearts mm-hmm. of men and women. And so that means that they're longer. And it just, it actually was kind of just revelatory as we were discussing it uh, before we jumped on is that, you know, because people are so, we we discuss the supernatural so little, but people are interested in the supernatural that now people are willing to accept the knockoffs. And so the if God offers true peace, but the enemy is offering a substitute of that peace through the bondage of of substance abuse mm-hmm. or through uh, control or something like that, right? And so the, obviously, and we, we talked about in 2 Corinthians 10, the, the webs are, of our warfare are not of, of, of this world. And, but if we are, and we talked about last time, but if we're not fighting, the enemy is fighting. 
and people are interested, concerned, want to know more about, be a part of the supernatural. So, I mean, it, it is a big deal if we're not pressing into it. And so um, another stat from that Barna study is that 83% of Gen Z and millennials and 82% of Gen X and 79% of boomers uh, say that they uh, they are they think uh, uh, the spiritual or supernatural dimension exists, hmm. and so it, I, again a high percentage. And actually, the younger people believe greater in a supernatural, like a supernatural dimension exists. And so I think it just it's so important for believers not to deny this or not. And, and again, I, I wouldn't even say deny it, but either one, be too busy for it or two, be too insecure uh, to pursue it, talk about it and press into it. So what are some ways that you're looking to press into uh, the supernatural? What are some ways that you're looking to uh, make that a part of your everyday life? Well, I think prayer is one way. So praying for people. So taking it outside of just hey, this is happening right here and elevating it to a spiritual place. So I'm going to involve God in the conversation is one way that I would I see that being at, like a practical way to involve that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I'd say that was pro- that's probably the biggest way and the easiest way to do it is is to shift the conversation from just a natural conversation and make to take it and make it spiritual by inviting God into the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we talked about this before, but um, I think that most people, you know, fall on one side or the other, whether everything's spiritual or nothing's really spiritual. And again, we, Grace and I even talked about how we'll fall on uh, different sides of that. But that, that's something for me is making sure that I take the biblical worldview, Ephesians 6, our battle's not against flesh and blood. 2 Corinthians 10, that we don't do war like the world does. And so, but I was also reading, again, this a lot of Barna study stuff recently, and uh, one of the things that was really interesting about the stats about people sharing their faith is that one of the things that really made uh, people sharing their faith a more positive experience for the person they're sharing it with, so the person that doesn't know Jesus, that they're sharing Jesus with, is whenever they prayed for him. So like that, that really swung the uh, conversation, like whenever they did data later, like they were asking, hey, was it a positive experience? Whenever the believer took time to pray for them, it it made a, a significant increase in how they felt about the conversation. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, just on a super practical level, how often we are praying for people or giving people the opportunity to whether it's even join us in prayer or asking about how we can pray for people. That's something that we'll do. Um, and again, it's a, it's a very easy way to open up that conversation, especially since people are so open uh, to supernatural conversations, since people are so open to uh, just this supernatural dimension. Um, and that's, again, that's it's it's so weird that we have an, adverse, an adversity to it whenever we are I mean, it's what we believe in, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge part of our walk with the Lord. Uh, but, I mean, if, if a lot of people are honest, we don't, we don't give it the time and space in our life that it, it deserves. Well, when I'm praying for people, one of the things I'll do is I'll, is I'll speak against 
um, whatever the stronghold is that they're struggling with or they're talking about or um, whatever the wrestling space is, like I'll speak against that sin, not that person, um, you know, so we, we can honor the person that we're praying for. But if somebody's saying, hey, you know, I'm really wrestling this, I'm sure I say, hey, can I just pray for that? And I'll just pray against the power of sin in their life. And I'll pray against, um, you know, the power of insecurity. And I'll pray against, you know, whatever the pride or selfishness or whatever it is. I'll call the sin out and speak against it and then speak the 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 gift of God over them, whatever that is. So when one of the things that's important for us to know is like, hey, what are the strongholds? What are the sins that, what are we inviting into our lives? What are the people around us inviting into their life via sin and the other things that we're consuming? And then we can, when we're praying, we can speak against those things like specifically and pray for them to experience victory and articulate what victory even looks like. Yeah, and and on that vein, like what we're given access to, uh, what are we giving access to our life? And uh, it, it's this. This is one of those things that we talked about last time. Like, is is watching Harry Potter and stuff like that a sin and whatever? And we don't think so. But there are there are things that people can watch that uh, I again that the I, I I guess the Holy Spirit inside of them isn't convicted by. But like we've talked about in the past. Anything that has like a super sexual nature to it or any mm-hmm. any sort of nudity in it. I, I just, just because of the path, like I know I can't let that have access to my, in my heart and in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's also a part of it is like knowing, Hey, what, what is it that the enemy is trying to use? Um, and I, I remember, I, I don't listen to a ton of music now, but I do remember like in high school, some of the, some of the rap songs that we would listen to, they were so sexual, um, in nature. And I just remember how it would impact my thoughts, like obviously, whenever I'm listening to that, um, that's where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I do think that that is important for us to process. Like, what what are the things that we're given access to? I think again, what, what a great example is uh, like sexual intimacy and the soul ties it creates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about like uh, again the music or the shows or the friends, or the conversation, the stuff you read, or the stuff you're seeing on social media? And what sort of access is that giving? Um, and then what what is is that creating again? What, whether you call it a, uh, or whether it be a stronghold or a temptation or whatever, I think that's massive. The stuff that we're given access to our lives. Well, and that's why it says you know in Second Corinthians ten, it says that um, you know verse four, it says the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ because the mind is where all of that stuff starts. Everything starts there. So what I would, you could even articulate it this way. What arguments are you entertaining that come against the knowledge of God? What proud things are you having like intellectual intimacy with, for lack of a better term, that has permission to take up space in your mind and in your thought life, and it doesn't obey Christ. And if you're not in a place where you have, you're filled with the Spirit when you come in, 
into contact with those things. There are things that I come into contact that are not of God. And I can look and immediately I say, hey, that doesn't align with scripture. And I, I know that to be truth. And so it doesn't, it doesn't have authority over me, but there are some things that, that someone might out, someone else might come into contact that with that and, and it be difficult for them. They might really wrestle with that thought and it bring, um, you know, put them in a place where they're falling or, um, experiencing sin. And so I think that we just have to be wise in what we consume and that it isn't that the things that are against the knowledge of God and the things that he says and what the word says, anything, unforgiveness and bitterness and selfishness, all of these things, so much of it coming through social media and the TV shows that we watch. If we're not filled with the spirit and we're not in the word of God, our minds are going to become filled with something else and we're going to fall prey to it and we're going to find ourselves in a stronghold. Yeah, I, I think it's so, it's just hard to... It's just hard to break loose of living like in the natural, like being focused on that, you know, to say, okay, I'm not going to give up. I'm, I am going to give up these TV shows everybody's watching or listening to stuff everybody's listening to. Like, I think, I, I do think it is hard to, to do that, you know, just cause you're, you're, you're living differently than how the world lives. Um, and, but, you know, whenever you look at, I know we, we reference them a lot, but Paul, you know, who wrote 13 books in the New Testament, you know, in 2 Corinthians 5.1, you know, he says, for we know that if the early tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And so I think, uh, well, I know a, a significant part of it is a, is a perspective shift to, from focusing on the natural and focusing on, you know, this the the whether it's earthly pleasure or wh- whatever uh, success whatever it might be and focusing on the supernatural because if you thought about the supernatural uh, the 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 supernatural for your kids or for your spouse or for your your family your friends whatever it might be you would be thinking about you know less about their GPA and more about you know how how their prayer life is or you know, what, what kind of freedom people experience. You can even tell by the questions we're asking or what we what what matters to us around people. But it's just I think that's one of the biggest shifts for this stronghold stuff, for spiritual warfare, for thinking about the uh, the supernatural is not living in this moment, uh, but having our mindset of eternity, it's just hard to do. Well and I think we just diminish the power of sin. Like we say, well, it's just this or it's just that. And if, if if we continue to live our life like that, well, we're not we're not submitted to the Holy Spirit. We're not the Lord's not in leadership right there. Sin is, and so I just think we we invite these things into our life. We invite discontentment. We in, we invite deception. We invite unforgiveness because we entertain the sin, and then we find ourselves honestly. And when it comes to a, a warfare perspective, we are losing the battle. And not because we don't have the weapons to win, but because we've set our weapons down and we've picked up this um, false substitute of the things of God, which is sin. And it's it's literally leading us into death. And we're just, you know, super happy about it. And we think we're fine. And I, you know, when you diet or change your nutrition, I would say if you shift into you start living a healthier lifestyle, 
you start to recognize, it seems really weird, but we were talking about this a couple days ago. We've stopped eating quite a few things. We don't drink soda ever, ever. I can't remember the last time I had a Coke. And if you, I remember when I tried to go back to drinking it, cause I was like, oh, I'd love to have a Coke. And I drank one and I was like, this doesn't taste right. It doesn't taste very good. It's not satisfying mm-hmm. because I had eliminated from my body all of the things that it was addicted to when it came to soda. So when that thing that your body doesn't want, that doesn't need, it's not good for me. When I brought it into, when literally when I tasted it, I knew something wasn't right. And when we start to pull ourselves out of the natural and focus on the supernatural, when we're spending time in, in God's word, when we're praying, when we're talking to him, we're spending time in his presence, the things, the natural things don't taste quite right. So the things that aren't of God and the things that are going to impact our intimacy with him, that are going to put us in bondage, we don't, we don't engage with him the same way. And then we're able to recognize around us the things in the world around us. Hey, this is what they're engaging in. This is what they're experiencing. That's not right. Mm-hmm. And that's not what God has for them. That's not what's best. So I can be somebody who loves them well in that and show them what it's like to not engage in that. Yeah, so what do you think it is? And I'll answer for guys, but just for women, what do you think right now um, is what the enemy's trying to use? So let me use a scripture. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, in order that Satan might not outwit us. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that, I don't think Satan's going to try to overpower us because the same powers in Jesus, rest, the Holy Spirit rests in us. He can't overpower us. But I think he does outwit us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, in order that Satan might not outwit us, we are not unaware of his schemes. So what do you think the schemes are that he's running primarily on, on women uh, mentally and physically? I would say the greatest is the fear of man. So, um, and, and not, not men. No, 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 like humanity, people-pleasing. Um, so I want other people to think I'm beautiful. I want other people to think I'm a good mom. I want other people to like my house. I want my house to look better than somebody else's house. I, this, the spirit of comparison that plagues, I mean, like the mom shaming and I want to be good enough. I want to be as good as her, or I see that she's moved here. Maybe I should move there because then the things would be better for me. You know, the grass is always greener. And I think that as women in particular, and men do this too, but women, like it consumes you. I want my kids to love me. I want my husband to love me. I want to be known and loved and chosen. And it is, be, it becomes greater than, and I am loved and known and chosen by God. But the world being known and loved and chosen by the world, I allow that to outweigh what God has to say. And so I don't, I don't honor the Lord and I don't choose to do things his way because I'm I'm afraid of missing out on the love and the affection and the attention of my peers or even my children or my parents. Yeah. I want people to be pleased with me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. And I, I love what Luke twelve for you know, my friends, do not be afraid of the one who can kill the body um and after can do nothing but the one who could, you know, mm-hmm. destroy eternity. But it's not even like when it, the fear of the Lord, um, which again, we read an awesome book recently called The Awe of God by John Bevere around the fear of the Lord. If you want to study it more, it's unbelievable. But, um, you know, the, that, that fear of the Lord, it, it's not so much, oh, that he could send me to hell, which he could, and that is true. 
but also that that I would be separated from his love. You know that that that, that fear, and is that a reality, or is it more about that? I think for for men, um, you know, kind of the two words that come to mind for me are, are porn and power. Like 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 there's lust. I think that is a scheme that like that's what we're for. You know, like that that's what that's what matters most. It's to feel good, it's to it's it's that it's that that and then power of um whether power in finances or power in people thinking well of you, but it's just this this um this pride, you mm-hmm. know, that uh that we we wanna we wanna look a certain way. We wanna be really we want people to look at us a certain way. I think that that's that's a real significant deal that that for for men that whatever makes me feel good is what matters most. Mm-hmm. And, but again, that really plays into the natural. Like it's, it's not about the supernatural and, uh, and lo- looking forward to uh, eternity, but it's like what makes me feel good right now in mm-hmm. this moment. I think that's a scheme that the enemy is outwitting us with. And not just that, but uh, really making us miss out on the leadership we're supposed to have. So mm-hmm. what makes me feel good right now is more important than how other people feel or what how other people are like view who I represent, which is God. Yeah. And so I, I think that that is, is significant. Um, and yeah. Well, what's so what if somebody is listening and say, hey, like I, I know right now there is a sin, like when, maybe it's like pride, maybe it is this people pleasing, the, you know, worshiping man above God, hey, unforgiveness, bitter. And I cannot, it is a habit. I have found myself trapped in this stronghold. I have a stronghold and I want. I don't want to be, there's another word for it, like prison is another word for like stronghold. That's the, when it starts talking about like the Greek, like that prison, stronghold or prison that the enemy has trapped me in and I feel stuck and I want out. I want, I want freedom from that. How, what can I do? Yeah. Well, in James five, it says that if anybody is sick, which that's a, that, that, that really is a sickness. If, if anyone among you is sick, then come come to the elders and let them pray for the pre- the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so I, I really would. I would say you get prayers. So we go to God for forgiveness, but b- biblically we go to God for forgiveness and we go to each other for healing. And so you need healing from something like that. I'd say you gotta you have to pray with people. Let people pray for. Obviously you pray, but there is a power of being prayed for. And then something we talked about last time, second Corinthians, second Chronicles seven fourteen. You have to humble yourself, pray, seek His face, and then you can turn from your wicked ways. So it's not just hey, I, I just want to stop doing this, but will you humble yourself enough to talk to people about it, mm-hmm. pray to God and with people, and then will will you seek His face? So when I'd say seek His face, not just like you know just praying, looking up, and like Lord, will you show your face in the clouds, but seek His face in. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit mm-hmm. in other people, in the things like the things that you're taking in, whether it be worship music, whether it be devotionals, whether it be conversations with people, what, whatever it might be. And so I, I, think, I think that those are, those are massive parts of and biblical parts of walking in and freedom from that. I had an interesting conversation this morning with a girl and uh, she said, you know, I think part of my problem, she's really wrestled in her walk and she was talking about one thing she recognizes is I believed that when I gave my life to Jesus, everything was just going to fall into place. 
And that's that's not true. Like mm-hmm. you're going to give your life to Jesus. And then she said, it's not, she's like, it cost me something. I had to die to myself and the things I wanted. And I had to follow Jesus. It wasn't just this thing where God just fixed everything for me. And so we have to be willing to follow Jesus. The gospel is not, yes, you didn't have to do anything to earn the salvation that Christ gave you. And it requires something of you. It requires that you follow him. And so I I wonder sometimes if we are, because we have been unwilling to follow Jesus, have we given these strongholds a right to our life? Are there things that you're experiencing that have a right to be there because you have not chosen to do things God's way, but you continue to do things your way? You're unwilling to follow Jesus. Yeah. And I know that's like frustrating to say, well, I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to follow just whatever. And I, I would just say, if you'll, if you'll have a conversation with another Christ follower and you say, hey, I'm wrestling with, you know, whatever thought, let's say you're, I'm wrestling with unforgiveness and you say, hey, well, first, are you experiencing forgiveness from God? And then have you, are you viewing people? the way that God says view people, hey, do you view, like we're asking, where is our perspective? Does unforgiveness, are you operating in unforgiveness because you believe you have a right to judgment and justice and that God isn't the holder of justice and judgment? You know what I'm saying? So there are some things that we give a right to, people pleasing. For me, it's because I believe that people, what people think of me is more important than what God thinks of me. And so Mm -hmm. it has a right, it has a right to be in my life. And so part of when we talk about praying, what are we praying for to walk in freedom out of these prisons is not just praying, but also making shifts saying, hey, when we turn from our wicked ways, God will show you, hey, if there's something that you're engaging in or 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 you're acting on that's inviting this into your life, it has to go. Yeah. Now, I would just wonder, are we willing for the sake of freedom, are we willing to deny the things of the world to pull ourselves out of the natural? And it might be painful in a season like it is to stop, you know, when you change your food or you're uh, to eat healthier, it's painful for a season. But in the long run, you feel better and you're, I mean, like your health shifts. So if your spiritual health shifts, are you willing to really bend your knee and do things God's way? Yeah, I think that uh, for, I I think inviting things in, I I agree with the concept. I think it might be hard for people to wrap their head around because I don't think anybody says, hey, I invite greed in or lust or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe another way to look at it is we plant those seeds like in the the soil of our hearts. And then, but so like by inviting it in, we plant those seeds by maybe we follow that person who we know that they don't like us to see if they say stuff about us. So we're mm-hmm. watching them and listening and, you know, doing this and that. And it's just planting these little seeds of bitterness. Mm. And then you wake up one day and you don't trust anybody. And it's like, ah, oh, what happened? And this, the, all those seeds have sprouted into a massive tree or stronghold. And so I, I think that people could dismiss the inviting in because it's like, oh, I, don't, I wouldn't open the door to a demon in my life but I would plant this seed of unforgiveness from that person who abused me. And every time I see of something that they liked or thought their favorite car or color, or whatever I re like I reinforce or I plant or I water and the increase instead of being the gospel, the increase is that bitterness or hatred or unforgiveness or whatever. And then 
you wake up down the road, like you said, like you got to control everything or you don't trust anybody or you have to look at porn and go to sleep or whatever. And you have this, this big stronghold. And I, it's funny, but I can't believe I didn't have this in my notes or, or what, you know, the, the verses, but like my life verse, uh, I've, I've been crucified with Christ no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, the life that I now live in the body. I live by faith in the son of God who loves me and gave himself up for me. It's just, it's so weird to me, like that we can, what we talk about the supernatural and the spiritual and we have diminished it when we literally believe like that our, like we have hung our, if you're a Christian, you've hung your eternity on that Jesus died on the cross for you, that he rose from the grave, and that he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. So like our whole hope is in the eternal, is in the heavenly places. And yet we give it so little attention. We give it so little focus. We mm. give it so little, um, so so little, you know, just intentionality. Uh, and I think about this that really ties in, and we, we, can, we can wrap up, but I, I think about this right here in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, which it seems like Ephesians really has the most like concentrated discourse on the supernatural and the, the spiritual. It's everywhere, but mm-hmm. Ephesians is, is big on it. Um, but it says this, uh, be very careful uh, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so like, I, there's a ton in that, but I get from that, if you don't live like the days are evil, you're living as unwise and not wise. And so for a lot of us, I think we what living as a wise person seems like is somebody who has the answers and somebody who's planning and somebody who, you know, just is, is making the wise financial decisions, things like that, which I'm not saying we don't need to live like wise in that regard. But if your best wisdom and your best thoughts and your best plans aren't focused on combating the evil that's going on today, uh, then you're not making the most of every opportunity, and you'll in turn not win your world, mm-hmm. which I think is is where we're ending up just because we're following the flow of the world, and it, it, it pushes us there uh, because the enemy is going to do his absolute best so that we don't win our world. Yeah, so, that's so good. Anything else you'd add? I just, I, you don't have to stay in it. I think we just we we discount the power of what Jesus did on the cross, you know, just like you were saying. Jesus literally he died and then he rose from the grave and he said that all of the authority of heaven has been given to us that we have the Holy Spirit and that same power and authority we get to walk in that. And so the things of the world, bitterness and unforgiveness and shame and anger, those things don't have to run you anymore. They don't have to. And so if you're willing to humble yourself, pray, and seek the face of God, I think you'll experience the freedom that he promises because he says that he'll, he'll, he'll hear from heaven and he'll forgive your sin and he'll heal your land. Mm-hmm. And you can experience that freedom. You can walk in that kind of transformation. It's available to you, uh, but it does require that we uh, lay down our life. Yeah. And turn our eyes toward God's ways. Yeah. Well, you are, what Rachel said last time is so right. You are a supernatural being having natural experience, not a natural being having supernatural experiences every once in a while. And so your purpose is to win the world, and we're honored to be a part of it. And I know that this is not the easiest or the most like linear uh, thought 
but you know the supernatural is massive and it, it matters so much to God uh, and it is key to you winning your world. So I would encourage you to press in, have a conversation around this and uh, we love you so much. We'll see you next week.